Welcome to Your Living Life Legacy Broadcasting Network, powered by the Faith-Based Cause Initiative and its affiliates. We're very, very pleased to be in a uh, high-tech, uh, high-touch uh, community that we're able to extend to uh, faith-based, cause-based, and charitable uh, organizations. You know, uh, whenever we have a sharing session like this, we're very pleased and honored doing this conclusion of Black History Month to highlight individuals that we we believe will be that catalyst of, 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 of hope for young people. Now, we like all people, but we know that uh, the change that really needs to happen uh, will be sparked by young people. So when we think about Black Lives Matter, we are now understanding that that whole shenanigans about only Black Lives Matter was just a misinformation campaign. When you look at the folks that walk walked and marched around the world to basically uh, make a statement to everyone else is that we're not on that side. We don't tolerate that behavior for human beings regardless of what their color, their nationality, their religion. We don't tolerate that. We're the other guys. We're the guys that are taking the action to basically share with the whole world the fact that a change is coming. A change is coming, and it's here right now. And so when we look at leadership, we uh, think about leadership as what a person has done, not what their potential is. And we have so many individuals that have been treated like closely held secrets. They have not been out in the community. And our whole goal with the faith-based, the cause-based, with charitable-based uh, leadership is to, to pray for uh, the attributes and the qualities to give them good fellowship. And so when we think about fellowship, this particular guest I'm going to introduce you to, I would just simply ask that you understand that he can share with you information that you can get to the next level. So this is a, a pastor and all right, a Reverend uh, Royce uh, Kinnebrew. We want you to understand that we are welcoming you and we want to hear what you have to say, my brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show today. Well, I do quite uh, a few things. Uh, I have two hats that I usually wear. One is in the diversity and inclusion area, and the one is in the K-12 space. The diversity and inclusion, I do black history programs. I do diversity and inclusion training for federal organizations. And on the other side, with K-12, uh, hat that I wear. I do social and emotional learning, trauma-informed practices, helping uh, stakeholders in the educational realm uh, be able to make connections with children to teach them better. So those are some of the things that I do. You know, that's a, a, a certainly a, a gift for the community at, at the mm -hmm. right time. Uh, as I have um, <clears throat> Brother Kennebrew expound on this uh, whole issue of K through 12. I want our listening audience to understand that while we celebrate and we should celebrate, we appeal to you to think daily as you go to bed uh, the fact that we are uh, losing people at a alarming rate. So much to the um, reality that some people the pain of the loss and of just everything that's going around them becomes unbearable and they fall quite uh, susceptible to going to their disease. Mm -hmm. So whether that be food in excess, alcohol, drugs, gambling, yeah, shopping, uh, you can Google, 
as my uh, 11-year-old says, he has three friends, Google, Siri, and Alexa. <laughs> so if you want to actually uh, back check this, uh, um, <clears throat> we know that the mental stability of our youth is extremely, extremely important right now. We want to know the signs of it, but we want to share with you that it's impossible for anyone not to have trauma right now. If you don't have trauma right now, well, put it this way, if you have probably served, served in a war, uh, in an outreach area, okay, uh, Ebola, you know, outbreak, uh, if you've served in a very, uh, you know, high risk in terms of living, then maybe you can simmer through it. But if you have not, this is the most people that you've ever seen, or forget that, that you ever heard, if not seen, leave this planet. And now it's touching pretty much each person out there with the rule of just connectivity. Every six individuals are connected. And so I would like uh, Brother Kennebrew to talk a little bit about his, uh, what he could share with us in terms of uh, the challenge that the pandemic is. Absolutely, absolutely. The before the pandemic, trauma was an issue. And um, the term that we use in the K-12 space is adverse childhood experiences. Those are things like poverty. Those are things like witnessing violence, witnessing alcohol abuse, witnessing or experiencing drug abuse. All of those things have exploded under the time of the pandemic. And we see now that children are, especially African-American children, are at higher likelihoods of suicide and other type of risky behaviors because of the trauma. So one of the things that we have to recognize and what we have to do is to understand that we're all, we have all experienced a traumatic event. The coronavirus itself, the lack of socialization is a traumatic event. And children who have not been fully developed are experiencing as bad as anyone uh, else. I saw on uh, Nightly News with Lester Holt, he interviewed the superintendent in Los Angeles who said that many people are talking about the financial impact of the coronavirus, but not many people are talking about what is occurring with trauma. People have lost lives of loved ones. They've been separated from loved ones. They have been separated from spaces that they're used to going to. And we need to recognize that it's almost like dealing with a soldier coming back from a war zone. The coronavirus is a global war zone that we're all being affected by. So whether you are inside a school or outside of school, we have to institute trauma-informed practices. They can be things like uh, increasing your relationships with the uh, students. It can be creating safe spaces, whether it be a bean bag, whether it be a uh, area where when they are feeling overwhelmed that they can go to, have an opportunity to show their grief, whether it's by writing a loved one or a hospital, uh, someone who's been hospitalized, a card, a poem, things like that. We saw that when the uh, 
president uh, just recently had a moment of silence. We should have regular opportunities to talk about how it is that we feel and what it is that we've lost to deal with the trauma that we have experienced. And that is everyone. If you look across the country, you're going to find out that the police chiefs all across the country are saying that uh, violence has gone up in the community. It's because people are unable to deal with the stress uh, of trauma. Yes. You know, uh, when you um, consider the fact that our prayer and our hope is that um, everyone out there, when I say everyone, especially our faith-based, cause-based, and our charitable-based uh, leadership, which generally speaking is always there to serve the underserved. I come from a uh, community environment that it was just like uh, you would have a handyman uh, that would fix everything around your house, uh, just like you would have someone that picked you up from the airport, you know, you had a therapist. You had a professional at the level of Brother Royce, uh, and they they were just there, you know, and so and you knew when to use them. No different if uh, all of a sudden the window broke in your house. You knew exactly who to call. Matter of fact, a lot of the individuals that I fellowship with, they whether they needed it or not, they never missed their uh, weekly appointment, <laughs> but they were, had a higher income level. So we ask everyone in the community that's underserved, especially the brown community, please listen. Listen to a brother like uh, Brother Kennebrew because we're all learning together. And it's okay, guys, it's okay for us to uh, learn together. But first we got to uh, admit the, the challenge and the problem. And the challenge and the problem is simply this. Most of the community, whether it be the parent, you know, or the bigger brother or bigger sister, hey, sometimes the grandparents just don't know. And we're sure that if you attended a session with uh, Brother Royce, he would be more than happy to, to disseminate the information. Now, I'm sure he could share with us his plan, but remember, we had this problem before the pandemic. Now it has increased exponentially and we were always challenged from a numbers perspective my brother Absolutely. do people understand 10 that gets 20 that gets 20 yeah don't they understand that that's what they saw yeah so how do we go about eradicating that damage and beginning to well I'm sure we won't eradicate it overnight. I'm sorry for saying something yeah. like that or even insinuating <laughs> that. But what plans do you have to, to help us? Well, one of the things that I do, again, when I um, work with educators, for instance, I did a session of social and emotional learning with trauma-informed practices with Teach for America. And because of the pandemic, we have been sequestered. So I have to do most of my work now via Zoom. This is the first time literally in a year that I've been in a studio. So I'm really happy to be here. Um, but here are some things that we have to do. We have to first, we have to recognize the signs. Sleeping a long time, not wanting to get in bed. I do a lot of interviewing of educators. They say children in their hybrid learning, they don't want to turn on the camera. They don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to participate. They don't want to engage. So what educators have to do is use strategies, whether it's, okay, we're going to do show and tell on uh, before we get our, started, uh, for our lesson started today. All right, Jimmy, what can you tell me about what's going on in your life? Tell me what's important. 
how are you doing? What, what games are you playing? You have to do some things to get the young folks to open up, to communicate with themselves, and then also to have activities where they express how they feel to talk about what they have lost. If I can't express anything, it is okay to talk about what you have lost. It's part of the grieving process. And what has been so difficult is this is going to be next weekend will be the second time that I will have to have provided a eulogy at a funeral. And that process is extremely difficult because the whole funeral process is a closure type of process. But during the pandemic, when individuals are not allowed to gather, they're not allowed to have a family hour, they're not allowed to go to the... Uh, the cemetery, they're not allowed to have funeral services. It's like a, a, a open wound that is unable to heal. So whatever type of processes, whatever type of activities that you can do to simulate what we did to close, that's what it is that you do. In the K-12 space, you know, we're doing a lot of journaling. We're talking about our feelings. We're talking about what we lost, what we're happy about, what, we, what we're sad about. We're talking about having a, a, even though things are difficult, having a attitude of gratitude. We know that we lost some things, but what are some things that we still have that we are happy for? That attitude of gratitude research shows improves the mental stability of individuals. So uh, things along that line. You know, I, I want to thank you so much uh, for sharing these things with us. And I normally don't do this, and I don't want you to think I'm uh, trying to take advantage of having you on camera. <laughs> but uh, we uh, are certainly requesting your coaching. Absolutely. Uh, your advice. Sure. Uh, on our website, we want the listeners to look forward to seeing uh, uh, communication via a uh, article or whatever sure. information that um, – Brother Royce could provide us. We want you to know that we stand with you, Thank you in terms of mental health concerns as we stand with Oprah Winfrey and with the uh, Prince Harry and Princess Meghan. I mean, Absolutely. more and more people are saying, it's okay, guys, let's recognize everyone's traumatized. Yep. Let's be part of the solution and not the problem. Let's put on our student hat. Let's mm -hmm. show up on time and get the information that we thank you so much for providing. Thank you. Thank on behalf you. of the Faith-Based Calls Initiative, my name is Carville Jones. Again, I'm pleased to be the executive chair for the uh, Faith-Based Calls initiative and I want to thank you so much for celebrating uh, Black History Month with us. Thank you so much and thank you pastor. Thank you so much.